0: Listening to Her Brilliant Health Radio episode number 16. She used to deliver babies, but now she delivers exceptional wellness for women. Welcome to Her Brilliant Health Radio, where Holistic Women's Health Expert and Board-certified OBGYN Dr. Kieran Dunstan shares revolutionary insight from leading experts on what you need to know today to treat the root cause of disease, heal,
1: and create the radiant health you've been searching for.
0: So, hey, it's Dr. Kieran here. Welcome to another episode of Her Brilliant Health Radio. So excited to welcome my guest today, all the way from the other side of the world, Dr. Naomi Judge. Dr. Naomi is a Sydney-based naturopathic physician, and she has expertise in supporting women who are frustrated, fed up, and struggling with unresolved hormonal health problems. My favorite topic, right? (laughs) Naomi helps these women connect the dots between their health, happiness, and hormones, enabling them to live a life of optimal vibrancy, and she helps them create what she calls your new normal. Please help me welcome Dr. Naomi Judge.
1: Oh, hello. It's so great to be here. Thank you.
0: (laughs) So I love to start by asking people their path and why they do what they do and why they're passionate about what they do because I think it really speaks to everyone listening that there is an answer to the struggles they're having because without exception everybody who is on this naturopathic natural health spiritual quest had their own health struggles it caused them to seek answers greater than they were getting at their doctor's office. And I want people listening to know that there are answers if they seek outside of the traditional realm. So how did you get to do what you do? Well, it
1: was, it was really what you, what you've just said. It was, it was about trying to seek out more. And I think a lot of us go down this path because, It's so difficult when there's something going on and you're not feeling a hundred percent and you're told that, you know, this is how you, this is normal. This is how you should be feeling. It's okay. You're a woman to feel tired or feel low at certain times of the month. And my journey started from a very young age. I, and I recall it so vividly. I always remember, I remember I was only, I mean, I was in my, I was about 12, 13 years old and I remember Walking downstairs um, in early hours of the morning just to go to the bathroom, and then suddenly having this pain, this lower pelvic pain that just took over, took took me over. It it was it radiated out, and I remember trying to get back up to bed and and literally crawling on my hands and knees, thinking, "What is this pain? I I don't get this. I it doesn't make any sense." And it was that severe, and I was so young, and and my mum took me to the doctor. And the doctor just said to me, it was just a couple of things. What the doctor said, go on the pill. That might help the pain. And then also suggested I eat more because I looked a little bit underweight. And that was really, that was the the diagnosis. And so I went on the pill and that, of course, led to so many other health issues through my teens and my twenties, low thyroid, depression, anxiety. Um, I haven't actually spoken about this a lot, but but also self-harm. Through my teenage years, because of this hormone imbalance and low zinc, so it was quite a, a traumatic time. And it was in my early twenties, mid twenty—well, kind of my early twenties—that my partner, who I'm now married to, he actually got me appointment to see a naturopath because it, I wasn't any fun. I was I was sleeping through our holidays. I always had a UTI, um, and I felt depressed and anxious, and it it wasn't fun for him. And I just remember that one visit, the naturopath. Um, just made a few changes to my diet, just gave me some zinc, some magnesium. And I have to tell you within it, I mean, it was crazy. Within days, within a week, I just felt myself coming back. I was like, wow, I've, I've got energy. Normally I'm fatigued and puffy every morning. Normally by the afternoon, I, I need to have a coffee. I just couldn't understand this feeling and then from there, it just it just got um, better and better. And that's when I, when I learned more about hormones and I studied, I went to night school, then I went to university to become a naturopathic doctor. But that's really, in a nutshell, my journey and how it led me here and, and why I'm so passionate about the hormone aspect because I see so many women at a young age making that mistake of going on the pill. And I have to tell you, Kieran, it leads to, you know, you go on the pill, then it leads to estrogen dominance, thyroid problems. gallbladder being removed then other issues later in life it's just this this path that you go down
0: yeah so thank you for sharing that and I think it's important for people listening a lot of the things that Naomi brought out and I've never talked about my story as a young woman or preteen teen regarding hormonal imbalance and pain but it's it's actually somewhat similar Um, I had menarche and got my period when I was 10, and my periods were so painful that I lost at least one, if not two days each month from school or summer camp or whatever it was, because the pain was so horrible, uh, the doctor placed me on very high doses of naproxen, Uh, Some of you may know as a leave at the -the over-the-counter medicine, and there is a prescription strength. And I was taking such high levels of that. Probably my liver was in jeopardy, but nobody discussed that. And uh, my mom used to give me alcohol when I was 11 and 12. She used to give me a hot toddy. She called it basically to knock me out because I was in so much pain. She didn't know what to do. And of course, They wanted to put me on the birth control pill, but then they didn't because I was so young. A lot of parents have problems with that. Eventually, I did end up on the pill. But what people listening don't understand, and if it's you or maybe you have a daughter or a niece or a granddaughter and you're listening and she's suffering with this, is that these are hallmark signs that there are hormonal and other imbalances, there are toxicities that need to be addressed. And that young woman's health is already having a challenge that needs to be addressed. And so it's a sign to look for the root cause which is what Naomi does as a naturopathic physician. And what I do, even though I'm birth, birth certified MD, I'm trained in functional medicine, which is like naturopathic medicine, where we look for the root cause. So all, this is a call out for everyone listening. We're going to get into these hormonal balances and toxicities and what this means when you have horrible pain on your period. So newsflash to everyone listening Pain on your period is not normal. We have normalized it, but it is not normal. It's common, but it doesn't mean you're healthy. So anyway, I get so passionate about it. I no, just, I, I love get... that
1: I love that you pointed that out. That it's not that that when you're a young girl and you're having this severe pain or you're having these bad periods, it's not normal. You need to figure out what else is going on because I think we have we like you say we have normalized it. And we do believe that the answer is in a painkiller. Or alcohol, in your case, which would have then compromised, well, both of them would have compromised the liver a whole lot more. Um, So just that getting to the root cause at a younger age means then you can live in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s really healthily with with great hormone balance.
0: So since we're on this topic of both of our preteen and teen years and kind of what (laughs) we were experiencing, why don't we start there by talking about and helping people understand why dysmenorrhea or pain on your period is not normal why clots and heavy periods are not normal why irregular periods are not normal and why the birth control pill and advil and hot toddies are not the answer
1: well it's like you said it's this indication that something else is going on and there's this there's this miss there's this misconception that as children and you know before we before we start our menstrual cycle that we don't have any hormones that there's no hormones that as soon as we start our menstrual cycle that's it we've got estrogen progesterone testosterone but this isn't actually the case you know I've actually done hormone tests on three four five year olds and I have to say that I found one estrogen it's called estrone to be high, even in boys. And so what this is telling us from a young age, children are becoming hormone imbalanced and they're becoming estrogen dominant, even from a young age. So we need to look back at actually the root cause and what could be causing this. And there are, there are so many different aspects. We've got the liver aspect, um, for me I lived um, I lived in the uk I was brought up in the uk I was brought up in the beautiful countryside in the uk. I lived on a farm. but what this meant was I lived on a, there was corn around me and it used to get sprayed and so it meant that there was this constant um, bombardment of toxins and chemicals, um, pest weed killers, um pest control. Both my parents have thyroid problems, hormonal problems. My mother is estrogen dominant. Um, And so that, that would have started it for me, you know, that toxicity. But for others, it could be stress or it could be, you know, a genetic anomaly like COMT or MTHFR, which actually... Um, stops your body from metabolizing these estrogens and excreting them. So there are a number of different reasons. Actually, I'll tell you another big one. Um, it's dairy intolerance. And so dairy intolerance means that as a child, you might be given lots and lots of soy milk as a replacement. Mm-hmm. And that can leave you oestrogen dominant. So your hormones are out of balance. And then that when your period does start, you're more likely to have heavy bleeding, have clocks, have pain and inflammation.
0: Right, so Dr. Naomi's really breaking down for you the potential causes of this estrogen dominance, which is what heavy painful periods means essentially because estrogen is the driver on bleeding. So it makes your periods heavier, more painful. It causes fibroids, endometriosis and progesterone is the break on that. So you have to have a nice balance to have a nice regular period that has a a periodicity to it, um, hence the name period, right? (laughs) And uh, to have a normal flow and no pain. But when those hormones get out of balance and there's a relative deficiency of progesterone to estrogen, that's when you start having these negative symptoms and everything in the body is connected and it can be different inputs that are causing that for each person. And so she just really broke down all the different, a lot of the different categories where these problems are found and working with a naturopath or functional medicine physician can help to identify your unique inputs that are contributing to that. I will say that it's usually not just one because they feed off each other, so it tends to be more. And this includes also ovarian cysts, breast cysts, or pain with your period, PMS, PMDD. So all of these hormonally-related type of syndromes, symptoms come from the same root causes. So thank you for breaking that down. And so what are you most passionate about these days in working with clients?
1: Well, I work with... um I, I love helping women understand, and, and it's, it's m- my passion is really actually breaking it down and helping them understand what is going on hormone, hormonally and how it can affect them. So, if a woman comes to see me, you know, she might have heavy, painful periods, or she might have insomnia or anxiety. There's a lot of anxiety. And I like to help her understand exactly what's going on with her hormones, exactly what's go- going on in play so then she can understand what she needs to do it's really empowering it's empowering my clients so that they they feel they feel that they have something that they can do they're not at the throes of just taking any old medicine they can actually Um, put a plan in place and help themselves and it's it's making them understand helping them understand the connection that hormones have there's so many different things i mean if we look at glaucoma there is a connection between estrogen dominance and glaucoma if we look at having the gallbladder removed there's a there's a relationship between gallbladder hormone imbalance, and then later on having to have hysterectomies. If we look at skin, if we look at um, hair loss and and the thyroid and estrogen, all these sort of interplay. And I love helping women have those aha moments so they can go, oh, now I understand, now I get it.
0: So who's a patient that you've worked with recently who was struggling? Maybe she's been to a few doctors She's been, I'll give you the typical scenario I saw every day, many times a day when I practice traditional OBGYN. She's 40 years old. She comes in and um, she's had heavy, painful, irregular periods. Maybe she has a couple of fibroids. She also happens to have a touch of the sugar. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you her, it next year and she's been put on multiple birth control pills with without real success she had some surgery she had an ovary out and then she comes to you and and how does it differ a naturopathic approach and maybe you can even think of a client you've worked with recently and really what what were the nuts and bolts I think people really love to hear that of how you worked with it.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is why it's so refreshing for these women because they feel like, I mean, it's a very common theme. They feel like they're not being listened to. Um, I was on a call yesterday with a client, um, you know, and the words that she was using yesterday was just the first session. So we haven't actually worked together, but the words she was using, she feels very sad. She feels frustrated. She feels like she's lost her life. She's, she's been to, you know, 20 plus professionals gynecologists and no one has been able to give her the answers as into why she's in so much pain why she's constipated all the time um they give her a scan and say there's nothing wrong or the gynecologist gives her an examination and says there's nothing going on but obviously there is there is something going if you're in pain if you're feeling depressed if you're constipated there's something going on. It's not just because there's not a physical thing coming up on the scan, um, you know, cancer or a big ovarian cyst, there is something going on because you're you 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 you're, you're meant to be feeling happy and live a life where you're giving back to the, to the universe and feeling like you're, you're living a worthwhile life. She's not, she can't go out and she feels sad. She feels frustrated. She feels let down. She feels lied to. She feels like nobody cares. And so I think, seeing a naturopathic physician, there is that refreshing, you you get time. And we do have that time, we, you know, we're we're talking for an hour and a half, and we're going through absolutely everything, not making assumptions about the person, not not thinking what medication am I going to put them on, but really going deep into what is going on. But not just physically, also emotionally, also Mm -hmm. spiritually, because you know, um, how important is I know, Um, You talked about it at the beginning, you know, that spiritual journey and our health journey um, correlates to our spiritual journey. We need to have the mindset. We need to we need to have that in order for our whole body um, and health to be optimal as well. So we go through absolutely everything. And then from there we would we we go through different testing. We go through different we look at different diets. We we look at a plan that my client can really do that they feel that they're comfortable doing. If there's anything they can't do or there's anything that's uncomfortable for them, we talk about that. We go through that. And from the plan, I would also refer. I would refer to people that might be able to help them spiritually or might be able to help with their mindset. You know, maybe they need to be doing prayer. Maybe they need to be doing meditation. But it's really listening listening to what they're saying and not making assumptions that I think is the most refreshing part for these clients.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree with you in, in both naturopathic and functional medicine, listening is the number one tool of a practitioner, listening um, and active listening, because really discerning uh, what people are saying, what they're not, what they're not saying, what's between the lines and what needs to be heard to look for that root cause um, is so essential. And I find, do you find this when you, I usually spend two hours with a person when I initially evaluate them and I can pretty much know what's wrong with them after having talked with them for that period of time.
1: Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think that we, I think there's two, there's a couple of things in play. One is that we've listened so much and this is about Um, connecting the dots, which I love. You've listened so much to so many different women that you can start to hear the triggers and hear the things that are going on. You really, you're actively listening. And another thing, I mean, what I've learned as well over the years is that you do because you're so open, you do start to become a little bit intuitive. Mm -hmm. So you can, you can hear them. If there's something going on or something not quite right at home or maybe their boss is bullying them or there's something else going on you can hear it you know you can really get, become intuitive that there's other things at play not just the bad diet or not just stress there's other
0: things right I agree that 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 intuition does kick in and that you receive the communication from a person's uh, energetic body into yours and then have a knowing sometimes about what's Going on, and for me as a healer, that's been um, key Mm. in helping me because um, sometimes that's not something you're going to run a test and you're going to get hard data on. But if you check it with the person, or sometimes you can use muscle testing. I don't know if you ever use that applied kinesiology. Do you ever use that? No, I don't. Do you use that? I sometimes I do. Yes, I will have her. And for everybody listening and or watching. Uh, it's, uh, muscle testing where, uh, David Hawkins writes about it in his book, Power Versus Force, where if, uh, there's a truth or something that is positive or in resonance with the body, a muscle will remain strong. Mm. So for instance, if you're holding your arm up, you won't be able to push it down, but if there's a negative response or a falsehood, the muscle will weaken and you'll be able to push the, the arm down. So I actually did it, um, with a friend of mine the other day, uh, just to show her what it was. Um, And you can kind of hold your arm and say, my name is Mickey Mouse. And if you push down and your (laughs) arm goes down, well, it typically will, because that's not true. But if you say my name is Dunstan, it will stay strong. And then you can use that to discern answers to questions you might have about a a patient that a test is not going to give you like, is this supplement going to work for you or not. And you can actually have somebody hold the supplement in one hand and muscle test them in the other. And if they go weak to that supplement, then it's not a good one. And if they say strong, then it is. Um, So there's no test that's sometimes going to tell you that because it might have 10 different ingredients. So it's something. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some of your favorite tools in working with clients?
1: Look, I, I mean, I love, I love testing. I love doing the hormone test just because it's, um, it's just great, great data. You know, doing the Dutch hormone test, the urine, which is a urine hormone test, which gives, which gives you a great overview. Um, in what the body is doing how is it breaking down hormones what is it doing to the hormones is it storing them is it getting rid of them what is the balance of the hormones i do that one and, and also a saliva test as well and it i love doing that it just gives a great indication and it helps my clients um helps them understand what's going on and why it's going on because again there's all these misconceptions about hormones a lot of my clients that are premenopausal or in their menopause they seem to think that they'll have no oestrogen whatsoever. Estrogen's bottomed out, they need to do things to give them more oestrogen. But in a lot of cases it's not actually correct. There's actually lots of estrogen, but it's the wrong type of estrogen, or there are estrogen metabolites. And women can still make estrogen in many different ways, you know, through stress in the adrenals, in fatty tissue, aromatase, which is a which is how we synthesize estrogen, you know, in our fatty tissue from testosterone. So there are different ways. So I think it helps them to actually visualize it and it helps them to be on the same page as me so they can see what, what is going on with their hormones.
0: Yes, I know sometimes um, there are some practitioners who won't do a lot of testing because it is expensive and insurance a lot of times doesn't cover it. But I find that it really gives people the data, and it sounds like you do too, that they need to, to solidly or have a solid understanding of what's going on with them and take appropriate action. And changes um, because it's not always, and oftentimes it's not a pill, it's a lifestyle change. Yes. Uh, and if somebody's going to change how they're living their life, I find they often need more data than if you're just asking them to take a pill or a supplement because it, it you know, our lifestyle is so integral with who we are, you know, our habits around sleeping, when we go to bed, when we get up, things like that. Um, what are some of your other favorite tools?
1: Well, I love, I mean, obviously, um, I mean, I love doing a little bit of NLP with my clients, you know, that that's something that I've that I've used in the in the in the past and i and I've studied so I will use a little bit of that when I'm talking to them and, and walking through with them. Um, and then also getting them to do different things. So getting my clients to do um, lots of lifestyle things, like it could be meditation, it could be doing things like infrared saunas. So actually getting them to do things that are helping them outside of my outside of my clinic. Um, one thing that I love that I don't do, but I, I get my clients to go and get done, is acupuncture. I think when it comes to hormones, when it comes to stress, acupuncture is so fantastic. So I'll always suggest that my clients go and get that done as well.
0: Okay. Could you share with everyone what NLP is and how it works and how you use it? Because I think a lot of people don't know about it. So it's quite
1: simple. It's neuro-linguistic programming and it's just a way of, um, it's just a way of communicating, communicating and you can use it yourself and it's quite, you can actually Google it and there's lots about it online and it will give you, um, it's about creating, um uh it's 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 helping i find it just helps in the session to communicate and it helps to cement ideas for my clients so that they have a better understanding of what i am what i am trying to what i am trying to communicate in the session that's how i use it but anyone can actually use it you can use it in your daily life communicating and talking with your children with your partners you can even use it on yourself to just try, and if you're if you if you're an entrepreneur, you know it can help with that. So it's a great tool, and it's actually quite simple too. You can you can you can look at look at it online and find out other ways that you can use
0: it. Can you
1: give an example of how you might use that?
0: I'd love to everybody to hear.
1: So if I, it's about framing for me. It's about for me. It's about creating a space in my clinic setting. So if I'm in my clinic setting, it's how I will frame frame my communication with my client. So if I have a client talking to me, the client will be telling me and I'll be taking notes. And at the same time of taking notes, I will be actively listening. But then I will repeat back in a certain way to my client. And I've just learned how to do this, repeat something back. So if they're telling me about um, a pain, or if they're telling me about something that they've been through, I will repeat it back to them. That enables them to actually have a, an aha themselves. And I will do it in that clinic setting, and I also do it um, on Facebook Lives that I do. So I do it so that my clients and people that are interacting with me, they have that. They they can have that. the click in their brain. They can have the aha moment themselves because. The issue with, with, with anything that we go through in life, and I know this because of myself, if you don't have the aha moment yourself, you're going to find it very difficult to understand why you're making the changes or why things are happening to you. So I specifically do it so that, so that my clients' brainwaves have that aha moment. So it's really about I, I will be repeating back and I will repeat back in a number of different ways.
0: So it it sounds like it reminds me of a a process I use um, where I I do something similar. Um, Oftentimes, well, I'm sure you experience this, helping people to see why they might be eating things that aren't what I call in your best interest. Mm. And so I'll ask them, well, remember the last time, remember the last, a scenario of the last time you ate something that wasn't in your best interest? So I had one patient and she said, oh, last Wednesday I ate chocolate cake and I, that wasn't on my program. Uh, and I asked her to detail for me what happened right before she ate the cake and she kind of rewound and backed up and then she told me the story of what happened. And then as I'm getting her to relay the thoughts, the feelings, the actions, the thoughts, the feelings, the actions, the thoughts, the feelings, the actions, because everything that happens is always preceded by thoughts and feelings. And then till the action was eating the cake and come to find out she had picked up her son from school that day. He had had an exam and he hadn't gotten an A and was saying he was stupid and a loser and he'll never get math and he can't do it. And she tried to console him and soothe him, and he wasn't having it. And he got home and was just very distraught. And the next thing she knew, she was eating chocolate cake. And what she realized is, as we looked at the thoughts, the feelings, the actions, um, and I'm kind of giving them more details on this example, because I think it's instructive for people hearing it, too. Who, if you're like most women, a lot of us struggle with, Actions that aren't in our best interest. (laughs) So hopefully it'll be instructive. Um, But also to get to, I just, what kind of a, a process that I use. And then we worked backwards to what she was thinking and feeling and what she must believe for her to feel that way. And then we got to that she believed on some level that to be a good mother, quote unquote, she had to be able to alleviate all distress in her child and make him okay and that when she couldn't do that she wasn't a good mother and she had a lot of anxiety and felt a lot of shame about that because she had that belief and so when she as she was getting to this i said and so i would just repeat to her so you believe that to be a good mother you have to be able to alleviate all stress in your child is that true And I think then, because at first she's like, where are you going with this? She did not know I was asking her about all this. And I think when I said it to her like that, um, she really, she said, oh, I must believe that. And I asked her, well, do you want to believe that? And she said, no. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's
1: a great example. A great example, because you're really getting into the nitty gritty Mm -hmm. And that's why getting into the details and walking through the details, um, because normally, you know, in day-to-day life, we can be asleep so much of the time. And it's really understanding when you get into that nitty gritty and that detail, and you made her see, that's going to help going forward.
0: Yeah, it was out of that, that I developed what I call my see it process, S-E-E. So S is you see yourself doing something not in your uh, best interest. And then this E is you um, explore it for thoughts, feelings, and beliefs because you just rewind and then you get to the underlying belief. And then the last E is you evaluate, do you really want to believe that? And most people I find when they become cognizant of it, so much of this is unconscious, but when they make it conscious and then they say, no, I don't want to believe that. Um, And then you can replace it and be mindful, and then the next time those feelings come up, you can say, "Now wait a minute, I, I'm a good mother. I don't have to be able to alleviate all distress in my child. So let's just cut that off right there. And chocolate cake's not going to fix any of that. She'll <laughs> to believe that chocolate cake was the answer. <laughs> oh wow, to her distress. So that was another another one that we we worked on.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is why I like, um, I quite, I I love doing tracking with my clients, you know, actually have them um, tracking not only what they're eating, but I, I get them to track, you know, the day of the, I get them to do really intense tracking. So the day of their cycle, you know, what they're eating, what they're doing, how they're feeling, how they've slept emotionally, what's going on for them. And I get them to really go in depth through the cycle through the month. So they've, they've tracked a whole month. And once they've done that, even though they find it a little bit te- – they can find it tedious because I say put absolutely everything in, exactly what you're eating, when you're eating, how you're feeling, what's happened, have you had an argument, are you stressed, what's going on? And at first they find it a little bit tedious. But when they come to get to the end of the month and they look through, they're kind of like, wow, they can see these patterns in themselves. They can see what they actually really do – that they thought they didn't have control over and they can see why they might do it when they do it and that it reoccurs on a, on a regular basis.
0: Interesting. I love that. And, and I, th- I love to have people track things too and document them. Most people don't like to do that. You might hear my dog rolling on the floor. She's just so happy oh, that- and scratching her back. I don't know what got <laughs> in. Her. But um, that uh, it really helps people become aware mm-hmm. because most of us are so unaware and we just do things by habit and we really don't question what we do, why we do what we do. And so I love the tracking because it puts it in black and white for people to see. Um, And as you were talking about that, I thought that I wanted to ask you, where do you think that self love comes into healing for women? Oh,
1: wow. (laughs) It's, I mean, it's, it's, A really interesting question, and it's one that's huge. And I remember when I first – so when I first started – when I first became a naturopath or started studying more than 10 years ago, um, I really focused on diet. Diet was where I focused. Diet, 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 maybe some supplements, diet, diet, diet. And it's that has really transitioned over the years because I went through a phase maybe about six or so years ago thinking – so why aren't some of my clients getting better why what's going on here you know it's that and it for me it didn't click because I was so focused um I was quite yang at the time and I was focused I was going through a phase of getting up and doing this doing that getting my work done and going through and and and, and, and so I didn't see it but I but I, real, I realized and over the years I see that it's it's at the top I mean, self-love and mindset really is at the top. And without that, you can be taking the most expensive supplements or having a beautiful organic diet. But if you don't have this core foundation, it's not going to get you as far as you want to get. So I would say that your mindset and self-love... Is really at the top, and it's Brené Brown. She's got a great quote as well. And so this goes for practitioners, this goes for mums, anybody out there that's that's helping other people. Um, Brené Brown says, "You can only love others as much as you love yourself." And so if you're not loving yourself, which is which is difficult for mums to hear, but if you're not loving yourself, you don't have the love to give others. And for practitioners like us, we really need to be loving ourselves, looking after ourselves, so that we have that to give back to our, to our clients and our
0: um, patients. I love that. And so how do you, if a client asks you, well, Dr. Naomi, what is, what is self-love? What would you tell them? Self-love.
1: I would, I would ask them, what are you saying to yourself? What do you say? What is your, what is your message? What is going on in your brain through the day? Have a think about it. And if you haven't thought about it, think about it. Are you blaming yourself for things? Are you saying I'm silly? Are you saying I'm forgetful? Are you saying physical things? I'm fat. Are you saying I wish my hair wasn't like that? What are you saying to yourself? Because I think what you're saying and the track that's going through your mind, the self-talk, that's the first indication of, of how much do you love yourself. Secondly, is your actions. You know, if your actions aren't supporting you, if your actions are eating that cake every day, if your actions... Um, are watching Netflix instead of going to yoga, or if your actions are having that alcohol in the evening um, or having, you know, a donut for breakfast, your actions also speak very, very loudly to how you feel about yourself. So those would be the biggest indications. But definitely... What I would say first and foremost is, and I ask my clients to do this, and I do ask them about it, what are you saying? What are you saying to yourself? What, are, what What are the tracks that you're playing every single day? Because that will give you a huge indication actually how you really do feel about yourself.
0: Yeah, so I hear you saying thoughts, and our feelings are in reaction to those thoughts. And then actions. What mm-hmm. actions are you taking? Are you caring for yourself, Protect, nurturing yourself with good things, protecting yourself against bad things. So that gets to boundaries. Do you have good boundaries? That's something that I work with people a lot on. Um, And for me, it's also, it's core to um, healing is that self-love. And for a lot of us women, we were often taught to love others and then they would love and care for us. And that's where we would get our feeling of love but helping a lot of women understand that you got to pour into yourself first is um, really, I think, a large part of healing.
1: Oh, it, and it's starting to change. Women are starting to see it more now. Uh, I remember when I first started practicing, the 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 type of women I was seeing are very different to the women I'm seeing now. I was seeing a lot of women that were just that were just. Giving, 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 feeling exhausted, so many so many health problems and weren't sure why. But now I've got clients coming and seeing me and they're saying, you know, I actively try and get massages. I actively do this. I actively say no to things. So it's it has changed and, and things are changing and women are realizing that um, they need to receive and not just be giving all the time and they, they've they got to be replenishing their cup because if you don't, and you'd know as a practitioner, I know myself, how my clinic setting changes, my client, my, the type of clients I get change depending on what I'm doing myself. Am I looking after myself? Am I getting my exercise in? Am I, am I taking time out? Um, am I doing the self-care work? Am I doing the mindset work? And then I, I start getting a different kind of client and it gets, things are easier, things flow better. But when I start to push Push at life and I stop and I say yes to everything, and I start doing things and thinking I'm the one that's got to do everything, things get a lot harder.
0: Yes, right. And then when we do more and life is hard, that means stress. So let's talk about how stress <laughs> affects our health through the cortisol and our hormone balance. It's
1: huge. It's, it's huge. And even when we do our best, sometimes it just, and, and this has a lot to do with mindset as well, because with with stress and stress and cortisol. So cortisol, for those that don't know it, it's your stress hormone that's released. um, So you can become resilient and adapt to stressors around you. So it's really created so that when we've got a danger, you know, when there's a saber tooth tiger chasing us, we can have the energy to run and we have that adrenaline kick and all the oxygen and all the blood goes into our muscles and we can run along. And what happens is the oxygen... And the blood gets taken away from our brain. It gets taken away from our peripheries, our organs, and it gets put into our muscles. But what's happening is that's happening to us on a daily basis. And it's happening for a number of different reasons. One, because we can't say no, or we're always doing things, or we need to be perfect, or things need to be done in a, in a, a type of way. But also toxins. Toxins cause a cortisol spike as well. So it's not just how we perceive the world around us or what's going on around us. It's also internal, and external toxins. So we're bombarded all the time by these toxins, by these stressors, and that's changing the way our body's stress response reacts. So we're getting this spike of cortisol. When our cortisol is high, It does really funky things in the body. It changes our insulin resistance. It changes our blood glucose i give the listeners actually one little sign that the, the stress affects, because this is a big symptom that a lot of women suffer. It's that kind of sudden waking at around 3 or 4 a.m. So it's a start, a sudden waking and not being able to get back to sleep. And that's often a sign that your blood sugar is out. Something's going on with your cortisol. Something's going on with your insulin. Because what's happening in that 3 a.m. mark is your blood sugar's getting low and the adrenaline and the cortisol are coming out of storage. And they're kind of trying to put your blood sugar up to help you survive, and that's what wakes you up. So that's a big sign. But it's this kind of chronic stress every day that's causing our cortisol to go high. High cortisol causes hormone resistance, and hormone resistance is where our hormones find it difficult to act on target cells, like thyroid hormones. So we get conditions like estrogen dominance. We might get hypothyroid symptoms, which is a low metabolic rate. We might get um, stress anxiety. And also cortisol is a little bit naughty, whereas it hel- it kind of it, it pri- is prioritized, so it takes other hormones and it might steal progesterone, for example. So progesterone, which is our sort of loving sort of relaxing hormones, gets lower, cortisol gets higher, estrogen gets out, testosterone might get a bit higher for some women, and so it just it's just all out of
0: balance. <laughs> Really? Yes, it is. And I call it king cortisol. That's what I call it, king cortisol. I want it all. Because your body will tear everything down to preserve cortisol because you cannot live without it. Mm -hmm. And it is one of your main metabolic drivers. Um, It'll take down your female hormones through what she's talking about, Uh, through the pregnenolone steel and then that causes your progesterone to go down which is your happy feel good weight loss sleep well anti-anxiety anti-depression good sex drive hormone so (laughs) there's no other reason to decrease your stress than that I don't know what there is but but it 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 will take everything down uh, low libido
1: that's one of the biggest at the end of every session every lady says to me Oh, and there's one more thing I'd like to work on. Oh, by the way. No
0: sex drive. <laughs> right. That's a door, what we call a doorknob comment, right? Yeah. Everything's done. And, and a lot of women, I find, I think fewer and fewer, everybody, most people now are comfortable saying, hey, I don't, I don't have no sex drive. Um and they put their hand on the doorknob and say, Oh, by the way, I don't care if I ever have sex again. Oh, wait a minute. (laughs) Okay, exactly. That's not you know,
1: that's it's healthy to have this healthy sex drive. And that gets your hormones moving. And that
0: helps with cortisol levels as well. Yes, but let's talk about that. Because so let's talk with people about sex drive, sex hormones, and cortisol, because I find there's a lot in there to help people understand basically that sex hormones are necessary, but not sufficient. Because if you have a flatline cortisol, meaning your body has had so much stress that it's really just subsisting with the cortisol it has, all the sex hormones in the world probably aren't going to bring your sex drive back. So let's talk a little bit about your experience with your clients with that.
1: Yeah. So uh, what? So what I find, and what you what you would have found in clinic, is that you've got that acute, you've got that acute stress, and you've got that really high cortisol. But then over time, like you just mentioned, the cortisol will start to bottom out. Your body starts to underproduce hormones, and you have that. You you're you're in really that state. A lot of people talk about it that burnout, that adrenal fatigue, and that's where you have those issues, those real issues with not wanting to have sex maybe a lot of fatigue through the day. And what I found with low cortisol is it mimics depression. So you feel, you actually feel depressed. And, and you know, your endorphins and your serotonin might be a bit out, but the, re- the main reason for this depressed feeling and depression is because cortisol is so low that it's just not activating the these 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 parts of your body you know your your metabolic rate will be a bit lower you might be feeling cold hands and feet at the same time you might be putting on a bit of weight you, your um your, your bowels might not be working as well as they should be and so it's that underlying it feels like depression but really you need to kind of ramp up ramp up the adrenals and the cortisol but when it gets to that state this is this is the this is the bad thing when it gets there it's it's re- you, It's not going to take just supplements. It doesn't take just high dose vitamin C, IV vitamin C. It's it's a real lifestyle shift. You have to actually say, okay, enough's enough. You have to rest, and you have to rest your mind. You have to rest your body, and it's really about repleting everything. You know, getting everything nourishing yourself you can't be doing the gym every single day you can't be doing everything that you wanted to do going out plus um doing doing work and doing everything you need to do at home because your hormones are so low that you it's 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 actually serious when it gets to that stage you have to really knuckle down and say right i'm going to do it i'm going to commit this time to to get my adrenals my cortisol back in order but that is definitely when, you know, libido is very low. Women feel depressed and they feel like it's, there's a guilt there. There's a shame. Something's wrong with me. What's wrong with me? Why don't I want to do this? And that kind of mindset as well exacerbates that low cortisol.
0: Yes, and so um, what Dr. Naomi is bringing up is is very important to understand, and I find there is a very unrealistic expectation among women that we're supposed to bring home the bacon, fry it up in the pan, and never, never let you forget you're a man. I don't know if anyone listening remembers that Anjoli perfume. Um, I might be dating myself, but that's okay. Um, So we think that we're supposed to be able to do everything and be hot in the bedroom too. Um, and the issue is that your sex drive will cut off if you're doing everything to the uh, dismay of your cortisol, for lack of a better word, um, and your cortisol is depleted, you're, you're going to cut your sex drive off. And that stage three cortisol adrenal fatigue, where you're essentially like I was when I first discovered salivary cortisol, and it was this flat line. um is uh it's serious you're not just going to take a few supplements and fix that you're going to have to have what i call extreme self-care probably for three to six months Mm. uh and what that can often look like is taking off of work i've taken clients off of work for three months my dog wants to get in the picture okay oh everyone (laughs) wants to see the dog we've been hearing it this is Um, oh, so it's taking off of work. And like I said, I've taken people off of work. It's supplements. It's staying in bed till nine or 10 o'clock and giving yourself to rest. It's um, uh, castor oil packs to your adrenal glands. It's avoidance of everything oh, lovely. That, that hurts your adrenals, such as alcohol. Um, it is uh, journaling and figuring out What allowed you to drive yourself into the ground that way? Because there's some pretty heavy uh, self-abuse, I'll say, Mm -hmm. going on if you get to that point um I know for me I I worked incessantly so it's it's a very um serious uh, Cheryl Richardson has a book I love I think it's called extreme self-care have you ever heard of her book
1: no I haven't
0: but I'll definitely um
1: look at that one I think yes self-care is huge and um but it's so insidious it's really insidious because I know myself I thought I was doing all the right things I really thought I was doing everything correctly and my cortisol started to bottom out. And for me, it was this, there's a, there's a kind of a, there's a, there's a, um, a, a fashion out there about getting up early and working early. Yeah. You know, everyone's sort of getting up at 4am, 4 4.30am. So for me, it was getting, I was getting up early and doing kind of, you know, the, the, The um, getting up at four, doing a few hours work before clients. And that was what actually I felt like I was doing the right thing. But that's what was actually kind of driving my adrenals just to be getting up too early, you know, 4am was just too early, you your body's not having that chance to rest.
0: Right. For the, that restorative sleep. Sleep is so important. And I, I've heard people ask, well, would it be better for me to get up and go work out or stay in bed and sleep? And a lot of times stay in bed and sleep, depending on what time you have to get yeah. up. Because sleep, yeah. um, the science has really shown that the number of hours and the degree of the the restorative or depth of sleep is vital to health and healing. So, if back to sex drive, if you're struggling with your strex, sex drive, yes, you want to look at the sex hormones, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone. And you also really need to look at the cortisol because oftentimes that is the switch that turns it on and turns it off, turns it on and turns it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what are you excited about coming up in your practice? Well, I'm excited because
1: I've I've changed my focus a little bit. I've been doing um, a lot of online stuff. I've been doing a lot of online programs. And just in the last month, I thought, you know what? I want to create a little more of a community. So I'm excited because I'm going to be looking at doing... um, Doing actually face to face workshops in 2019, so that's one thing I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to. Um, I'm kind of going the opposite to what everyone else is doing. Everyone else is going more online, doing more programs, but I want. I feel. I feel like we need that community. We need that touch base. We need to see other people, and so that's what I'm really excited about. I'm excited about creating this space where women can come and learn and kind of creating this community. So that's something I'm really looking forward to. Um, I've also, um, I've, I'm, I'm hoping my book, my, uh, have my book out next year, which is kind of going to be about self-care and the importance of self-care. And the whole the whole kind of premise of this and, and my book is um, I've got a lot of clients that are um, executives, female executives, and they really suffer. They suffer a lot. And I, I used to work in, um, you know, in the corporate environment. And I used to notice, I used to work there about 20 years ago. And it, I used to notice that there was a lot of women in executive positions kind of struggling because they were mirroring men and how men were adapting to stress or, or dealing with stress. And actually as women, we need different things. And we've talked about that. We've touched on, touched on the libido, but also oxytocin for women is so very important. And this is why coffee breaks are important for women. You know, tea breaks are important, get together talking. This is why women, I used to get told off so much for talking at work. (laughs) <laughs> but you know, that's, that, that, that was me dealing with the stress. I needed to interact. I needed to talk. I needed to talk to women, get my oxytocin up to help me deal with the stressors of the environment. And you tell women and you tell them off for the talking, you're practically just, you know, you're, you're beating their adrenals down. So just all these little things that help women. <laughs>
0: yes and everybody listening oxytocin the uh, hormone of bonding and we women are very oxytocin dependent and we need our daily dose of oxytocin and connection with others as well as physical touch those are some of the most important ways to increase it so i love that you're going to do some in person workshops i know you have your online detox program and we'll put a link in the show notes to it everybody mm-hmm. can sign up to get some information there. Do you want to talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, I've got a wonderful program. It's it's a program that I created back in, in 2014. And I've been working on it ever since um, with a colleague and health coach, um, Brenda Yanchik. And we, we've created meal plans and we've created, we've got some interviews on there. And it's about detox and cleansing, but also it's about helping women do, go through the program Um, four weeks go through the program and actually understand the impact of stress on their body of hormones and how to balance that out while cleansing at the same time so it's absolutely wonderful
0: great wonderful and we'll also put a link to your website it's naomijudge.com j-u-d-g-e correct that's right, yes. So we'll put a link. And I thank you so much for joining me. We have similar passions. I love talking with practitioners who are passionate about helping women create health naturally. And uh, that definitely qualifies you. And thank you for the work that you do and for the women that you help and that you are going to help in the future.
1: Thank you. Thank you. It was
0: great being on here. Thanks so much. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Her Brilliant Health Radio. Hopefully you're inspired to take action on some new information you received today. A step towards the bountiful, blissful, beautiful vitality that you deserve. If you have health topics and questions you'd like addressed, please message me on my Facebook page or visit KieranDunstonMD.com and let me know. I'd love to help. Remember to share this podcast on social media and send it to your friends and family who could benefit from it too. If you love the show, please go right now to iTunes, write a review and make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you'll be the first to know when future episodes are available. Thank you again for joining me and remember, achieving optimal health isn't magic, it's science.